All right, if you have your Bible, the book of Luke, chapter 8. <coughs> the electrical. Let's read here in the book of Luke, chapter 8, and verse 40. <coughs> when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him. For they were all expecting him. Just then, a man named Jairus came, and he was a leader of the synagogue, and he fell down at the feet of Jesus and pleaded with him. Would you please come to my house? Because he had only one daughter, about 12 years old, and she was at death's door. While he was going, the crowds were nearly crushing him because there were so many people. A woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years who had spent all of her livelihood she had on doctors, yet they could not heal her, approached him from behind, verse 44, and touched him. She just touched the tassel of his robe, and instantly her bleeding was stopped. In verse 45, Jesus says, Who touched me? Jesus asked, when they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds are hemming you in on every side, pressing you on every side. And you say somebody touched me? Jesus says, I know that somebody touched me, for the power has gone out from me the power has gone out from me when the woman saw that she was discovered she came forward trembling and fell down before him in the presence of all the people and she declared the reason she had touched him and how she was instantly cured and he said daughter your faith has made you well go in peace while he was still speaking, some came from the synagogue in the leader's house. And the daughter said, your daughter is dead. Don't even bother Jesus anymore. And Jesus heard it and answered them and said, don't be afraid. Only believe that she'll be made well. Verse 51, after he came to the house, he let no one enter with him except Peter, James, and the child. Peter, James, John, and the child's father and mother. Everyone was crying and mourning for her. And he said, stop crying for she's not dead. She's just sleeping. When they started laughing at him because they knew she was dead. So he took her by the hand and he called out and said, Child, get up. And the spirit returned to her and she got up at once. And her parents were astounded, but he instructed them to tell no one what happened. Well, good luck with that. Amen. Everybody knew she was dead. Now she's alive, but don't tell anybody what happened. <coughs> What a story. What a story. When we look at this sermon this morning, it's so interesting because none of us wants a building with no power. Wouldn't that be a terrible mistake? Like today, we've gone through the blueprints, and all of a sudden I say, oh, there's no electrical blueprints today. Well, just go ahead and hang the sheetrock. We don't need no electrical. Well, wouldn't that be a mess? To come back and have to bring the power in after everything is done. Now the thing about the power is it's so interesting. 
Because we know where the source of power comes from. In your home. You can walk outside and you can see the lines running. Now, if you live in a new, new, new neighborhood, you may not see the lines because they're buried under the ground now. But you can go to the side of the house and you can see this meter pan. You can see this picture of a weatherhead with a meter hanging on the side of the building. And, and there it is. The power is coming. That is the source of the power. The city comes in. They put a meter there and they count the kilowatts that you come have coming into your house the source of power the same way you would go through great trouble to make sure that your building has all the the the, the power in it so that you have lights that you have electricity now why do you want power in your home well not because you just couldn't think of anything else better to spend your money on for your brand new house but it's because you don't want to live in dark and you don't want to live without power. Mm. Well, that's a slow ball right there for a preacher. That's a slow pitch. Because the same reason we have power coming in our house is we don't want to live in the dark. And we don't want to live without power. Because if we don't have power, <clears throat> we can't operate all those things that we love so much. So what does that have to do with the spiritual life today? Well... <clears throat> because you don't want to live in the dark. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Why did he come into the world? Because he came to bring the light into the world. So that men would not have to grope around in darkness any longer. He came to bring light into the world. The Bible says that in heaven there's no need for no power. There's no need for the sun or the moon or the stars. Because it says the Lamb, Jesus Christ, is the light. So in the earth, in the human, the earthly sphere, he is the power, he is the light. In the heavenly realm, he is the light. In the earthly realm, he is the power. For today, as we go through the aspects of it, Jesus said, how did I, what do you mean somebody touched you? Jesus, you're losing your mind. Somebody touched you. Why would Jairus, a leader, Humble himself to go and find Jesus. Because he knew Jesus had the power. <clears throat> he, knew, <clears throat> he knew there was no other hope for his daughter except Jesus. Because Jesus was the power. Now we go a little bit further. We hear in the story he's on his way. Jairus beckoned him to come. Jesus is responding to the call. They're journeying to where he was. Why was people pressing him in on every side? I can tell you why. Because he had the power. Because everywhere he went, lives were being changed. You want to know where the source of the power was? It was in Jesus. They said, how do you know somebody touched you, Jesus? It's like being on a busy street somewhere. You're walking down the street, and man, you're, you're turning like this because people's coming straight at you, and you're turning sideways, and you're dodging people like this because everybody's touching you. And Jesus said, I'll tell you how I know somebody touched me. Because I felt the power go out. I felt the power go out of me. I am the source of the power. I felt it depart my body. Now, why did the lady have to sneak and grab a hem of her garment? 
his garment because she had an issue of blood. If you had an issue of blood where you were bleeding freely, you, you, you couldn't be in a public place. You couldn't be in a public place. It was on, you were unclean. So this woman had no more money to pay doctors to cure something that they couldn't fix. And she said, man, somewhere along the way I've heard about this man named Jesus who has the power. I have no other chance, no other choice. I'm going to risk my life to get to where he is. She knew. She said, I've heard about this man named Jesus. If I can just get to where he is, and if I can just grab a part of his garment, I believe I can be made whole. I believe that I can be made whole. And so she went and she grabbed a tassel that would be hanging from his garment. She grabbed and immediately the power went out of Jesus. Now, now, now stay with me because everybody was touching Jesus. Everybody was pressing in. So why didn't he keep saying, ooh, I lost the power. Ooh, I lost the power. Ooh, power went out. i tell you why he didn't. Because in that crowd, there was only one woman who had no other solution. There was only one woman that was in the crowd to face the power. There was only one woman who was desperate enough to risk all of her life to get to where Jesus was. There was only one person of faith who touched Jesus. I'm telling you today that if we have faith is to move mountains, the mountains will be moved. Jesus said, he said this. Without faith, it's impossible to please me. Without faith, it's impossible to please me. But for those who believe that God is, He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Today, Jesus in this passage of Scripture is the source of the power. You may have Clico for your home. You may have the city of Alexandria. You may have energy. You may have some other source of power for your home where you live, but I want you to know something, that for your life, you can't borrow power. You can't get it from any old co-op. It's got to come from Jesus Christ, the source of the power. The source of the power came from heaven to earth, put on the robe of flesh, and then he came to touch man. He came to touch men. He touched the leper. The leper didn't touch Jesus. Jesus touched the leper. And the leper was made whole. The woman with an issue of blood, Jesus didn't touch the woman with the issue of blood. She touched Jesus. Here's one thing for certain. It don't matter if the wire reaches out and grabs you or you reach out and grab the wire. If that baby is energized, you're going to feel some power. And I'm telling you that if we have faith, if we believe that God is, Hebrews 11:6, we believe that God is. We believe that God is. We believe that God is. You can experience the power. If we can experience the power, then why do we have such powerless Christians? Because just like your home, You know what the source of the power is, but there has to be the transfer of the power. Somehow you've got to get that power from off of the power line into your home. That's not an easy process. Matter of fact, look at this picture. 
of all these, what it takes on the outside of the home to just this big panel with these huge wires that are the size, I mean, they're huge. They're this, bigger than your thumb, bigger than my thumb. Bringing the power into the home, having the meter there, that the power would come into that home. And then it doesn't stop there. Then it doesn't stop there. You have to use, there's another panel inside the home. So you have the power on the line, but the power has to be transferred from the, the power line into the home. And as they're transferred into the home, you can't just hang it on the wall. Somehow, you got to get it to this little buddy right here. Because if you can't take all those volts and get it to this little fella, all your toys and treasures aren't going to work. So you look at those big power lines running through the city, it's all about this one little fella right here. So somehow it's got to go from the size of the power line to the power in the box. But somehow there has to be these conduits, these wires that connect the outside, the, the power on the line to the home, the power on the wall to the power in the box. So the power in the box can go to the power in the receptacle. If there's no power in this receptacle, you have a powerless home. Now, many people have attached the power. They know what it's like to have power in this receptacle. But things in life happen, doesn't it? Storms come. Winds blow. Trees fall. Limbs break. Ice builds up. And it interrupts the power. Therefore, a very lucrative business today is selling these home power units that kick on automatically if you lose your power because heaven help us if we're out of power for more than an hour. We may have to go to the truck and charge our iPhone. <laughs> you laugh. We were talking about losing power this week. You know what number one thing? Everybody charge your phone. Everybody charge your, get your phones charged up. Make sure you got 100%. How can we ever make it without the power? My wife said, we got one of these in our truck. We can just go stick it in there and recharge the phone. See, in life, things interrupt the transfer of power. There has to be a way to transfer the power from the power on the pole to the receptacle in your house. Same thing. There had to be a way to transfer the power of Christ to man. Let me just give you some scriptures. First of all, it came through the Son of God. Luke chapter 9 and verse 1. Look at this. Summoning the next the verses right here. Summoning the 12, he gave them power. Say that with me in Luke chapter 9 and verse 1. He gave them what? Power. Over what? All the demons. Power to heal the disease. Then he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom and to heal the sick. Now, here's the thing I want you to understand. He gave them power not so they could be like a bunch of sorcerers sitting around seeing which one of us has the most power. No, so that they could go into the kingdom of darkness and be the light and impact the kingdom of darkness with the power of heaven. The transfer of power. You see, the sun was the power. It came through the sun. It came also through the Spirit. 
Look, look in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Right before Jesus departed and went back to heaven. He said, you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and around the world. But go back to before that in verse 8. He says, all power has been given unto you. I, the Greek word there for, for power is dunamos, which is where we get our word dynamite. Bam, bam, bam. Come on. We're feeling the power, some explosion. All power has been given. He didn't say some power. He said all power has been given unto you. You shall be my witnesses. I didn't give you all my power so you can go power up your life and sit there and go to heaven and be happy. I gave you power to impact the world. Not just your neighborhood. Not just your neighborhood, but the whole world. He gave them power. He said, I want you to go to your home in Jerusalem. I want you to go to your neighbor in Judea. I want you to go to your enemy in Samaria. And when you get through going there, go around the world. Because I've given you the power to do it. I've given you the power to do it. Power comes through the Son. Power comes through the Spirit. Power comes through the Word. Look with me if you would at this verse in Romans 1 and 16. What a powerful word. Romans 1 and 16. I mean, when you look at this verse, it's overwhelming. The power that comes. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is God's power. It is God's power. It is God's power. It is God's dunamos. It is God's might. The power comes through the Son. The power comes through the Spirit. The power comes through the Word. But most of all, my brothers and sisters, the power can come through the children. If you go back to the book of Luke, after he gave them that power, they came back and they give a debriefing and they were like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, Jesus, I couldn't believe what happened, man. We cast out demons. We healed the sick. We did all of these things. And you know what he said? He said, don't you come back and rejoice to me that the diseases leave and the demons flee. Because you have the power. He said, you rejoice because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. But you get hung up on the power and think you're more than you are. See, the power comes through the Son. There's, he is the source. There's a transfer of the power from the Son to the children. <clears throat> in, the, in, in the New Testament, Jesus transferred it to them immediately. In the New Testament, I mean, in the life we live now, it's not transferred directly from Jesus, but through the Son. Through the Son, I mean, through the Spirit. He says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. You see, it's the conduit. God is the power. We move through the triune. We look at that. We go from the power line to the meter pan, from the meter pan to the breaker box, from the breaker box to this little outlet. I want you to know something today. This outlet is symbolic of you and I. I'm telling you that if there is no power hooked to this, it's not even a good desk ornament. It's pretty useless. But God says, I want to energize your life so that anything that comes in contact with these two prongs can fulfill its maximum capacity and potential. Amen. See, the power comes. Jesus is the source. God is the source. The transfer, but the life of power. The life of power. 
Power doesn't come through religion. It comes through Jesus. It comes through the relationship with Him. Religion would remind me of battery power. It dies pretty often. One of the greatest inventions is those wind-up flashlights for emergencies. Batteries never dead. You ever use one of those dudes? You're standing there constantly cranking it, constantly squeezing it. Why? Because it takes constant motion to keep it powered. I'm telling you, that's what religion is. Religion will keep you busy. It'll keep you jumping. It'll keep you moving five, six, seven days a week. Keep you jumping through all these hoops. And the minute you stop, boom, there's no power. I'm telling you about Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. He is the source of power. He is the transfer of power. It's been imparted to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you what God is looking for today is some receptacles which are symbolic of people who are willing to say, you know what, I don't want temporary power I don't want fake power I want the power from the Lamb of God to be in my life so that all I come in contact with may feel the power of the Holy Spirit oh it happens it wasn't just Jesus' garment the Bible says in the book of Acts that when they couldn't get to where touch Peter and John those guys they would just lay them in the street And if their shadow would fall on them while they were passing by, they were healed. Wow. You say, preacher, you really don't believe that. I'm just simple-minded enough to, to believe it. The Bible says they would take Paul's handkerchiefs. Now, that wasn't the pretty ones that you put in your lapel when you were preaching, you know. He had these handkerchiefs that he would use. It was literally a sweatband when he was making tents to provide for the ministry. They would take those bands that had been in contact with Paul and they'd bring them to people and people would be healed. And now today, for some reason, evangelists and stuff on TVs figure out, man, we can make some money with that. Let's just run down to Dillard's, get us a box of handkerchiefs, pray over them, send them all out. I'm telling you, it takes more than just praying over a box of handkerchiefs. It takes the power in your life to resonate through you to other people. Some of us need a little shock collar on our ankle so we can get some fresh charges in our life. Because what I'm afraid has happened. Many people have got mad at the co-op, but they never tell them, don't bring power into my home. I'm telling you, if you live in the city of Alexandria, it's the biggest debacle over power. They got their own power plant, but they figure, you know what, let's just get it from somebody else. They get it from somebody else, and they got in this war with Clico, and all of a sudden, Clico's customers' electricity is a lot cheaper than the people in the city, and it's like, man, this big tug of war, and, you know, who's the biggest and who's the baddest and all this. But you know what, never one time in all that, I just call up and say, hey, you know what, I'm so fed up with y'all, just come cut the power to my house. No, because I don't want to live in the dark. I don't want to live without the power. So I pay the price for living in the city so that I can have the power. Oh, mercy, I want you to know something today. 
In our lives, there's things that's going to try to disrupt the power and the flow. I'm telling you, there's no ice storm that can remove the power. There's no flood that can remove the power. There's no falling tree limb that can remove the power of God from your life. I tell you what can remove the power of God from your spiritual life. It's unbelief. It's sin. It's disobeying the will of God, the way of God, the purpose of God for your life. I'm telling you today that we begin to run from the will and the purpose of God. It's far greater than any ice storm. It's far greater than any oak tree that might fall upon your life. But I'm telling you today that, oh, mercy, God wants to come into our life and restore the power if the lines are down or maybe for the first time He wants to give you the power. Don't you leave here powerless. problem in our western world is we don't have the power of God on our lives what's it going to take just be willing to pay the price the premium's already been paid at Calvary the deposit's already been made all you got to do is trust and obey follow because there is no other way to be happy in Jesus and to trust and obey I was talking to the young lady that I shared the testimony about earlier in the service who got a word from God and I have I too have walked through similar the same pathway she's walking down and I said I remember the day God gave me a word just like he gave you I said, it's the greatest feeling and power in all the world. I said, you will never understand why what happened happened. But here's what I can tell you. His grace is sufficient. I said, I prayed that scripture every day, every day, every day. And for me, I can mark TP in the margin of my Bible by that verse, which simply means tried and proven. Some of you, so full of pride, you're going to miss the power. Thomas Edison was one of those guys. He had a young apprentice. He had never given him a chance. Didn't think he knew what he was doing. He thought everything had to come through D.C. power. And this young boy, I think his name was Westinghouse, finally left him, began to give us what we know of power today. If you were still dependent on the prideful Thomason, you'd be living off battery power. God don't want you to live off battery power. He wants you to live off constant power. Constant power. When we go through Peru, it's amazing. There's lines matted up all through the air. Because they'll do anything to get one little line into their house to be able to have one little light bulb so they're not living in the dark. I wonder what would it take for us to get the power of God on our life? Commitment. 
surrenderance, following, obeying. I'll never forget last July. We were hiking up the mountain and Ralph and I were separated from the rest of the group. Probably because he was following me and I was on an adventure. <clears throat> and there was this mom that started crying out to us. You've probably heard me share this testimony. She was crying out. Basically said, come pray, come, come, do you have any medicine? Her daughter was so sick. <clears throat> the only thing we had was a couple of uh, ibuprofen. When I went in there, that home, <clears throat> it was about 10 by 20. There was a whole family sitting in there, another a child, she was laying in a bed, twelve about 12 years old, was laying in a bed. A dad was over on the other side. There was another child, and there was that mom. And I said, ma'am, this is all I have. And <clears throat> we shook out a couple of little ibuprofen in a little tin pan. I said, ma'am, I don't, I don't have any medicine, but I said, we have the power of Jesus. I said, if you'll let us, we'll pray for your daughter. And we was in that little hut, <clears throat> not enough room to turn around. <clears throat> that girl was laying in that bed, burning up with fever, to a point where it almost paralyzed her. She was completely incoherent, basically. Boy, I'm telling you, I prayed like I had never prayed before. Because there was no uh, after-hours clinic to run her to. We prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed, and we prayed. And, well, I prayed, and I prayed. I think Ralph was praying for me as I was praying for her. And We walked out of that little shack, and I told Pastor, I said, if God don't heal her, she'll die. That's how sick she was. The next day... When we left, I said, I'm going to tell you, you give her those medicines, but that medicine's not going to fix her. And they sat her up in the bed, forced her to take a couple of those ibuprofen. The next day, we came back, and I went to ask, find out how she was doing. I was really prepared for the worst, and the mom said, she's not here. She's with her dad in town. She said, ten minutes after you left, she sat up and wanted to eat food. And she was completely healed. I'm telling you, that wasn't me. It was God. It really wasn't me. It was that mother. The faith of that mother. That mother said, husband, do something. They're up on top of the mountain a long ways from the closest doctor or place to get medicine. She said, I can't do any. What do you want me to do? There's nothing I can do. We don't have a vehicle. I can't go anywhere. There's nothing I can do. And that father was sitting over on the edge of the other bed with just his hand in his head, his head in his hands, defeated. And that mom said, I got down on my knees and I started praying. I said, God, send somebody. She said, I was on my knees praying when I heard us two cuyons out there talking. 
See, the problem is we don't allow ourselves to get in a situation where if God doesn't show up, there's no other answer. We have doctors, we have medicine. I'm not telling you not to go see your doctor. I'm not telling you to quit taking your medicine. But I am telling you this, that we have a lot of crutches that keep us from having to trust and obey. Because, my brothers, there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to simply trust and obey. What is our greatest crutch? Prosperity. He forces us not to have to rely on God. But I'm telling you, for all who believe that he is, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is the power. God is looking for a man to transfer the source of power through the human life.